Hello and welcome to the monthly Megabyte CEO Barometer. So for those of you who don't know Megabyte, we're a research firm and we track the corporate activity, strategic positioning and financial performance of the UK's leading software and ICT services firms. The idea of this show every month is that I um, analyse and assess all of the extensive written research and data that, data that the team at Megabyte have produced during the previous month and try and extrapolate the key themes and trends of that and help you understand uh, what that means for the outlook. Another very busy month for the research team at Megabyte who have analysed over 140 individual company results uh, and, and transactions, written extensive research on those, uh, on those deals and results um, and also spoken to, uh, spoken to uh, a, a number of management teams as we always do here at Megabyte to understand, really get into the detail of what those deals and those results mean for those companies. Indeed the company has spoken to over 40, the research team has spoken to over 40 companies um, in, in June. Um, the likes of Timico, Nastar, Version 1, Servalec, Integrity 360, Connect, ANS, GBG, Causeway, Sapphire, Wireless Logic, Fournet, One E, Repit, Egress, Exponentially, Sabio, and many others besides. And of course, um, uh, subscribers to our research can get access to all of the written research that we produce as well as all of the extensive underlying data on those companies and transactions um, on our technology platform um, available at megabyte.com. If you're not currently a subscriber and you think that the research that we provide may be of help to you, uh, the best thing you can do is to go to our website at megabyte.com, hit the request a demo button and our, um, our customer team will be very happy to help you out. So over the next 20 minutes or so, I will drill into the corporate activity um, and valuations, uh, looking at the sort of key trends across capital markets, uh, private equity, venture and growth capital, and, uh, and capital markets. Um, but before I dive into the detail of all of that, uh, let's take a quick look at the key takeaways this month. From a share price perspective, it was a much more positive month. Um, share prices have been quite um, soggy, on, uh, particularly in the US over the last couple of months, but were much perkier during June, although the trends were a little bit inverted to what we'd seen in the previous couple of months, in that uh, software uh, share prices here in the UK were stronger than ICT services for the first time in a while, and the US markets from a technology sector perspective were, were actually stronger than the UK, which again has, has been the other way around for a couple of months. And it looks like for the time being, at least the bulls are back in charge in the US. Very busy month for deal flow. We recorded over 100, over 100 deals on our, on our database during, uh, uh, during June, 102 deals to be precise. That was up from 63 in the year the year ago period in June 2020, uh, which was obviously itself heavily impacted by COVID, but also deal flow in June was up 10% on May. So, um, so we are seeing a, a you know, very high level of corporate activity as we start to think about going into the quieter summer months. Um, from, a, from an M&A perspective, there were 45 deals recorded on our database during June, which was double the previous year. Um, uh, uh, private equity was up by 50% to 12 deals. Venture and growth capital was up a third to 39 deals. And capital markets transactions were relatively stable at six deals. Um, but as I've mentioned in the last couple of months, the, the flavor of those deals has really changed over the last year, as, as you'd expect. And uh, we're seeing uh, more IPOs now, which obviously we weren't seeing last year. And follow-on public offerings are much more uh, designed to support M&A activity um, and, uh, rather than supporting balance sheets, which they were um, a year ago. 
typically the, the deals that we see on our database are more skewed towards software. There are typically more software deals uh, than there are ICT services deals, largely because venture and growth capital deals are almost entirely software typically. Um, but it was even more skewed than usual during June. 80% of the deal flow was in software. Um, with, to be honest with you, mostly the usual suspects in terms of activity areas, enterprise software, always a really, really busy peer group, very much so again during June. Of particular interest, a lot of HCM transactions we're seeing, particularly in venture and growth capital, as, as end customers try and um, uh, deal with um, their workforce in a hybrid environment and are looking for digital and technology solutions to help them with that. And business and consumer was also very strong again this month um, as the winners of the, of the pandemic in a technology sense um, are picked off by investors and, and corporate buyers. Although it was quieter in ICT services, still a really, really interesting month for, for transactions. In particular, some really interesting consolidation. We always see, obviously, you know, run rate consolidation in ICT services. That's a, that's a given. Um, but there were some chunkier consolidation deals in the market, which was very interesting. And also a couple of quite chunky PE deals to talk about this month. In particular, the, uh, the billion plus um, um, private equity buyout of uh, Wireless Logic, taking that over a billion valuation for the first time. And talking about valuations, um, I talked last month for those of you who tuned in about our view uh, that the valuation inflation that we've seen um, over the last six months have, have settled at, and valuations had, seeming to see, had seemed and do seem to have settled at a post-COVID, at a higher level post-COVID. Um, and that continues to be the case, I think, but there are a couple of deals that happened during June, uh, particularly in the software sector, which, which were still really you know, chunky valuations. So there still seems like there's a little bit of inflation going on there. And I'll talk about that and what that means for the outlook. So that's a quick look at the key takeaways this month. Um, in the next section, we'll drill into more detail on the capital markets. So looking in more detail at what's been going on in the capital markets from a share price and a corporate activity perspective, as I mentioned in my introduction, it was a, it was a really strong month for tech sector share prices both here and in the US. Uh, although there were some, some underlying weakness in some, some areas, the Megabyte Universe Index, which is uh, the in, an index of about 100 UK-listed tech stocks that we track here at Megabyte, uh, that was up just over 2% during June, and that took the average current year EV EBITDA valuation to just over 19 times. Uh, within that, there was a mixed performance, though, as I said. Software was really strong uh, during, during June, up just under 5% in that, that index, um, taking the average valuation there to 23 times. ICT services, which has had a very strong run over the last few months, was weaker, down 2% uh, on the month, but um, a pretty stable valuation at about 15 times. For context, the UK market, as, 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 uh, as demonstrated by the FTSE 250, was broadly flat uh, during June, so tech technology sector outperforming once again. Um, and that outperformance was even more evident in the US, with the Nasdaq up um, nearly six percent uh, during June, having been quite um, quite weak for the last uh, for the preceding couple of months. So um, a return to form there, and the average valuation within uh, within that index at about nine, just over nineteen times current year EV EBITDA. And uh, the Bessemer Venture Partners Cloud Index, which is a, an index of um, um, sort of the more next generation SaaS software companies, tends to be quite a volatile series, has been quite weak the last couple of months. That had an absolutely stonking month. That was up 13% on the month um, and just underlines this idea that the bulls are, are, are sort of back in charge to a degree in the US. Back in the UK, from a uh, transaction perspective, there were six transactions on the, uh, the Megabyte database in the capital markets in June. Uh, four follow-on public offerings, two IPOs. Uh, in terms of follow-on public offerings, 
really chunky, some really chunky raises, over 400 million raised uh, during the month, which is a, which is a, a significant amount um, for follow-on public offerings. And again, this theme of uh, UK tech stocks using tapping the capital markets to fund M&A uh, and uh, that a lot of that M&A is focused on international expansion, which is which is great to see from a from a sort of British tech sector perspective. Uh, ATG raised 244 million to, to fund an acquisition. Craneware, uh, 150 million. Access Intelligence, very punchy deal there. 100, uh, sorry, 50 million raise uh, to to fund an acquisition that will treble the size of that business. And this comes on the back of deals we talked about last month with Gresham, NCC, and Alpha FMC, and others raising money again for for M and A to support M and A uh, with often with this uh, international expansion agenda, which is great to see. From an IPO perspective, uh, two on the month. One was ITIM, this is a retail software company, um, looking to list on AIM at about 50 million valuation, raising about 8 million. And again, this theme I talked about in my introduction of, of business and consumer software businesses finding favor with investors and corporate buyers as we come out of the COVID pandemic. I think ITIM IPO is a good example of that. Um, elsewhere, the SPAC wave continues, although at a slightly slower pace. Uh, Babylon Health, UK uh, company, uh, digital healthcare company, um, reversing into a SPAC in the US at about a three billion sterling valuation. Uh, so, so that sort of that trend continuing, and although the uh, Although obviously the number of new SPACs has reduced significantly, there's still a, a large number looking for deals out of the four or 500 that have, that have listed in the US over the last 12 months or so. So we can expect to continue to see that SPAC wave continuing over the coming months. And moving on to the outlook, uh, in terms of IPOs, we've got the WISE, formerly TransferWISE IPO, which is coming at a 7 billion valuation. And uh, there are several others that we think are in the, in the wings, both the sort of the more digitally ones like Starling and Monzo, but also more traditional software businesses, B2B software businesses. Could be really that we see that um, in the second half of the year as, um, as, as uh, we go into the summer quiet period. Uh, but as I said last month, very much on track for a, uh, for a bumper year and a, a record year for, for IPOs here in the UK tech sector, certainly more than we've seen for at least a decade. Um, but it just might be that we have to wait till the second half of the year to see part two of the, of the, the bumper year that we've started. Um, in terms of share prices, continue to see this, this sort of fight between the bears who are concerned about inflation and the impact that might have on interest rates and then the knock-on effect that potentially has, particularly into tech sector in investment, which is, all about, uh, which is all about investing in growth, which you need when interest rates are low. And the bulls on the other side, currently in the ascendancy, uh, that are um, completely bought into the, uh, the, the secular growth trend within the tech sector, particularly in a post-COVID environment. And I, I still think that we're going to see those two fighting it out over the following months. And that will lead to volatility in capital markets until we've got some clarity on what the, the longer term, medium term inflation outlook uh, is going to be. And I think that's realistically, we're not going to know that for at least the rest of this year. So that's a quick canter through what we're seeing in capital markets. In the next section, I'll talk in more detail about what's happening in private equity. Joining in then to a bit more detail about what's been going on in the world of private equity during June. Uh, as I said at the top of the show, very interesting month, um, high levels of activity, some very chunky deals to talk through uh, today. Um, 12 deals in total in the private equity world we registered uh, on our database during June, up from eight uh, in the year ago period. June was still definitely, June last year was still definitely impacted by COVID, although the volumes were starting to come back after very low levels of activity in April and May last year. Um, but, but, but there is definitely a, there is definitely an aspect of that in the year to year comparison. Uh, 
it's the value of deals as well that's very interesting this month. So the to 12 deals in total, um, five, in, uh, five management buyouts, six secondary buyouts, and one P2P as the proactive deal completed. The, um, you know, focusing initially on the management buyout deals, a couple of, you know, one, one really interesting trend I picked out at the beginning of the show is this sort of chunky consolidation in ICT services. And the investment by um, uh, inflection into ANS Group in Manchester, uh, and then the the slow motion merger with UK Fast is a great example of that, I think. Uh, this is a deal that we believe was 200 million uh, a sterling valuation at ANS, about 13 or 14 times EBITDA. And they are, um, as I mentioned, they're talking about a merger with ANS and UK Fast, which are literally down the road from each other in Manchester. Um, but they're talking about doing it quite slowly. We're not quite sure why that's the case, to be honest with you, but we suspect it's because of the, the management change at UK Fast and actually, more importantly, the reason behind that recent management change at UK Fast, which is prompting them to go maybe a little bit slower. Really compelling logic for those two businesses uh, to come together and Neil, our analyst in that part of the market, has done some extensive analysis on that. One E, another deal I would pull out, pull out from the uh, from an MBO. This is another business, a bit like ANS in, 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 in that it's been one of those businesses that's looked like a sitter for a chunky MBO for some time. Um, infrastructure software, really high quality business. Carlisle bought that business for what we believe is about 190 million sterling or about 27 times the EBITDA. So again, underlying this idea of 30 is the new 20 from an EV EBITDA perspective post COVID for in the software sector. Um, and lastly, I'd mention um, uh, Integrity 360. So this is a cybersecurity uh, business that has been bought out by August Equity uh, alongside Ian Brown. Um, some of you will remember that uh, that pairing, August and Ian Brown, uh, were very successful with uh, Secure Data, another cybersecurity uh, business that uh, was exited uh, a couple of years ago. Um, and they've uh, joined forces again to buy into Integrity 360 at what we think was about 45 million value, um, about 15 times current year EV EBITDA, and that will be a buy and build within uh, the UK cybersecurity sector. So uh, very interesting to see how that plays out over the next couple of years. Um, moving on to MBOs, sorry, secondary buyouts. The big one to mention there, of course, is Wireless Logic. And what a fantastic uh, success story this, is, this has been or continues to be for the UK tech sector. Uh, M2M IoT space, building a global platform, certainly at the moment a very extensive pan-European, becoming an international platform for, for M2M. Um, and been through a number of private equity ownerships, making significant amounts of money for their shareholders each time. Um, and the latest round sees CVC exiting the business to Montague um, and uh, to support uh, this international expansion strategy for Wireless Logic. And of course, we wish them the very best of luck um, as now one of the most prominent and highly valued um, uh, businesses in our sector. Uh, so that will be fascinating to see how they develop over the coming years. Also in secondary buyout, Semaphone, 75 million um, um, de uh, deal value, we think, um, uh, with, uh, with LivingBridge acquiring that business from BGF and Octopus. Learning Pool, 150 million deal with uh, Marlin buying that from uh, Carlisle Cardinal. Um, and Fournet, another interesting one, which was um, another one of these uh, platform businesses, Palatine acquiring that business from YFM to go and acquire and build that uh, business to its next level. We think that deal was done again at this 15 times kind of um, 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 EV EBITDA multiple, which is just becoming the kind of standard multiple, standard multiple. Decent quality earnings, uh, high quality business, uh, uh, that in ICT services is the kind of go-to multiple now, we think, L low to mid-teens uh, EV EBITDA. 
So very active in the secondary market, secondary buyout market as well. And as I mentioned a, a second ago, uh, in, in public to private, one deal, Proactis, that deal completed in June. I've talked a bit about that over the last couple of months. Um, and interesting to see how that went, 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 that went off. DBay Advisors uh, gate crashed that party, which was started by Pollen Street Capital. Didn't particularly influence the ultimate price that was paid for that business, but DBay and, uh, and Pollen Street ended up um, buddying up to take that business private. Lots of work to do to sort that business out, but I think probably good underlying value in, in there as well. So it'd be interesting to see how those how it, it, it restructures itself um, off market and away from prying, prying public company investor eyes. So very busy. In terms of the outlook uh, for private equity for the rest of the year, as with everything, probably a bit quieter over the summer. Um, from a valuation perspective, we've seen a, definitely seen a solidification of the, of the uh, post-COVID highs that we've talked about uh, 25 plus times in, in EV VDAR multiples in software, uh, mid to uh, low to mid-teen multiples in high-quality ICT services businesses. We don't see any reason for that to change. Don't particularly see any reason for it to increase significantly going forward either, but there are a couple of deals I'll talk about later that suggest there might be some further inflation in software anyway. Um, and we expect a, a very strong continuing performance for this part of the market in the second half of the year. So that's the um, analysis of what's been going on in private equity. In the next section, we'll talk about uh, venture and growth capital. Regular listeners and uh, viewers of the show will remember that I've talked pretty extensively over the last 12 months about how venture and growth capital has been definitely the most robust transaction sort of area of the market uh, during the COVID pandemic. Um, and June was a great example of that. Really, really strong transaction uh, volumes and values during uh, during the month. Uh, 39 deals we recorded, up from 28 in June last year. Over 1.2 billion sterling raised uh, during the month. So a really, really active month. As usual, um, pretty much all of the deals were in software. All but two of the deals were in software, although one of the ICT services deals made up um, um, you know, 25% of the fundraising uh, during the month. So there is a lot of money still going to parts of the ICT services sector, but it's just very focused. Looking at where the money's been going, again, enterprise software, always a really, really, uh, a really, really um, active part of the venture and growth capital market. And uh, again, you know, um, a third of the deals uh, during um, June were in this part of the market. A particular I'd pick out Smart, which is a pensions sort of fintech pensions platform plus asset management business. They raised 165 million sterling. Beamery raised 99 million. Uh, again, this is a really a great success story in the HCM sector. And interestingly, HCM is, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, has been a really, really active area across the board, but particularly in venture and growth capital, Beamery being probably the most significant example of that. Um, but there were a number of other very interesting transactions that went into HCM as there's more and more demand for these solutions as, um, as end organizations, end user organizations really try and understand and um, help to manage their, uh, their workforce in the new hybrid world. It was a bit quieter on the banking insurance software side, as you know, if you've listened in the last couple of months, that's been a really, really active part of the market, particularly in payments over the last uh, couple of months. A bit quieter this month, um, only a small handful of transactions. One I'd pick out is 10 times future technology services. This is a fascinating uh, business, phenomenal growth. This is a digital banking platform that is really focused on the traditional banks and helping them compete with the neo banks um, and is growing like a weed, raising another 135 million, really strong, interesting story there. 
Elsewhere, tractable, this is in the InsureTech uh, space, 43 million Series D, um, making that a unicorn by all accounts. Uh, this is in the AI. It's a platform that enables you to use, use AI to report damage and other aspects of, a, of an accident, typically car accident, um, into the insurer. So it's all part of this process automation around insurance, which is, which is a very sort of strong trend and was, as with many, was very heavily accelerated during the COVID pandemic. Again, this theme of consumer is very strong. Um, uh, motorway in the second-hand car market raising 48 million, uh, Fresh Amazing raising 71 million, and Travel Tech raising uh, 1.3 million. Smaller deal there, but this sort of this theme I've talked about of a resurgent interest in business and consumer uh, facing uh, digital and tech companies as we we, we come out of the the, the pandemic. And um, also a very interesting month for cybersecurity, security and infrastructure software. Ably infrastructure software uh, business uh, raising 51 million. This enables uh, a, a real-time um, transmission of data um, and is, is helping people like um, Uber and other digital businesses that need to know uh, to get instant uh, data transmission, but also in the right order to make sure that everything happens on those platforms. That's growing very, very well and, and raised a, a significant fund as a result. Um, and, and immersive labs in the cybersecurity space raising 53 million. So chunky money going again into cybersecurity. Um, outside of the sort of the, what I would describe as the traditional VC side, a couple of deals I would pick on before we wrap up this section. One is I talked, I, I promised to talk about the the, the one was two deals in telecoms or two deals outside of um, software in this part of the market. Up being uh, the one that's definitely worthy of worthy of mention, a 300 million raise. Again, more money going into the fibre build out here in the UK. That was from Letter One. So more money. Um, again, you'll probably be aware of the the very substantial investment going into fibre uh, build out in the UK. That's another data point there. And another, a slightly unusual one, uh, a business we normally talk about in the context of the private equity world is Causeway in the construction software sector. But interesting deal there, 120 million raise, uh, new money coming in from five hours into, into Causeway. And we've identified the construction sector as one of those areas that's been very kind of lazy in its digital transformation that really seems to be catching up, or we think, and Causeway and clearly five hours think will catch up over the coming years. And there's new money there for um, enhanced organic growth and M&A at Causeway. Again, valuation there, very interesting. Uh, 25 times on a heavily adjusted number, but on the number we have on our database, 40 times EBITDA. So, um, you know, really interesting. Um, that was one of the deals I was going to mention when I'm talking about uh, maybe there is a bit more inflation coming in. Because although the, the, the price that uh, would have been on the investment paper there was 25 times, from our perspective, it's probably north of 30 um, on, a, on a more reasonably adjusted number. So really interesting to see how that, how that uh, whether that has a more of an impact and starts to kick off even more inflation in software valuations. So that's a look at venture and growth capital. Um, again, looking at the outlook, I, I see no doubt in my there's no doubt in my mind that this will continue to be a vibrant part of the market. We're seeing um, uh, you know a whole wave of, of, of startups coming through post COVID that that have been have been uh, uh, been prompted by the digital acceleration digital transformation that's been prompted by the COVID pandemic. Hop in being a classic example that didn't exist 18 months ago, um, and I think that's going to be fodder for um, early stages that will then obviously be fodder for the later stage uh, venture capital as we go forward. So. Um, the, the, stage, the stage is very much set for continuing um, high levels of activity in this part of the market as well. That was it for Venture and Growth Capital. I'll wrap up the show now, as I always do, with a look in more detail at what's happening or what has been happening in M&A.
So last but definitely not least, looking at what's uh, been happening with M&A activity in the UK tech sector over the last month. Um, as I said earlier, 45 deals registered in our, our database M&A transactions during, uh, during June. Um, more than double uh, year on year, but again, that, that, that comparable is very much impacted by COVID. And we would say 45 to 50 transactions is a normal month in the UK sector. So good to see that continuing. Again, heavy, heavy bias to software. Roughly two thirds of the deals were, were software deals, as we're seeing um, a continued consolidation in that part of the market. Not that we're not seeing consolidation in ICT services, it's just more of it going on in software or more companies active. Looking at the deal flow then, starting with ICT services, again, this trend of consolidation, some larger consolidation to complement the ongoing uh, um, smaller end of consolidation in ICT services. Two interesting deals to pick out there. Version one, which is a very uh, acquisitive business uh, in, uh, in the IT consulting part of the market, acquired Noida. Uh, in Northern Ireland uh, for 45 million, we think. Uh, very interesting um, a merger of those businesses. And KCOM, uh, NASTAR, Mayfair back NASTAR acquired uh, KCOM's national business for uh, roughly 30 million, we think. So, what we're seeing now, as I talked about, so IT consulting, version one, Noida, uh, KCOM, uh, national business with NASTAR, telecom services, um, and uh, ANS Group and, uh, and UK Fast in sort of infrastructure cloud services. Some really interesting deal flow in, 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 in consolidation to, to complement, as I said, that, that sort of smaller end of, of consolidation, which carries on. Um, also, a chunky deal, 360 million capita divesting. Um, it's um, Axelios business was an interesting one. That's an ongoing divestment program from capita, which we've seen over the last 12 months or so. So uh, chunky divestment, not seeing that many divestments, having seen lots of those in the earlier stages of the, of the COVID pandemic, uh, but another big one there the last month. Um, Turning to software, and the deal I most want to mention, I mean, healthcare, healthcare software has been, has been active generally, but I promised to talk about other deals, mentioned Causeway a second ago, but other deals that we felt were, were sort of pushing above that kind of 30 times multiple um, in the software sector. Uh, there, was, there, was open, there were open mouths on the, uh, on the, on the uh, megabyte research desk when we saw the mooted valuation for RL Datix's acquisition of Allocate at 970 million sterling. On a purely mathematical basis, on the number we have on our database, that again is 38 times EV EBITDA on a trailing basis, so obviously lower than that on a go-forward basis. Um, and with synergies and stuff with RL Datix, maybe they'll get it below 30 times. But again, that is a chunky number for a business that is growing in single-digit uh, organically um, and high-quality business, no question, but not a sort of high-growth story. So very interesting to see that. And that was a there's been a lot of chatter about that valuation in, in, in the market, which is interesting to see. Elsewhere in healthcare software, um, Craneware, I mentioned their fundraising earlier to acquire or to part fund the acquisition of Century Systems in the US. A really chunky deal for them. They've not been a particularly acquisitive business in the past, so that's interesting uh, to see them really pushing on with their M&A agenda. Um, actually, a, li a little bit quieter in enterprise software. Plenty of deal flow, but 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 a bit quieter than it has been uh, has been recently. Although, of course, Access managed to get a couple of deals done. Interesting. One of them wasn't a software business. One of them was a, a managed service business. So interesting to see um, Access possibly widening its M&A uh, criteria a bit as they go forward and get bigger. And Access Intelligence, I mentioned again, quoted company on AIM, um, acquiring Incentia, which trebles the size of the business for 37 million, uh, using that 50 million raise I talked about earlier to do that. And interesting deal in security and infrastructure software, 
force point acquiring deep secure we don't know the valuation in that deal because we don't have we just don't have decent insight into it so we couldn't even make the estimate that we normally would do um but a, but a deep secure a kind of high profile business in the uk cyber sector so an interesting transaction and again just to to finish off um looking at software and digital platforms Auction Technology Group mentioned the fundraise earlier on when I was talking about capital markets. Uh, the business they acquired called Live Auctions for 354 million looks like about 30 times EBITDA. So again, that kind of 2030 is the new 20 yet again coming through. And again, um, a really very aggressive uh, and, and increasingly successful growth story for, for ATG following its recent IPO. So where does that leave us in terms of M&A activity, in terms of the outlook? Um, same as it is elsewhere in the sector, we think um, the, the sheer number of new MBOs and SBOs that are predicated in the private equity world on M&A activity, particularly in ICT services, actually no, across the piece, more and more public companies increasingly feeling confident about using their paper to acquire businesses, uh, both in the UK and internationally, all feeds into a very positive outlook for M&A activity in the second half of the year and beyond. In terms of valuations, just to sort of pull together all those themes I've talked about, um, fundamentally, we see this um, uh, 30 is a new 20 in software continuing on, mid-teens multiples in ICT services, but just to starting to get a bit of a glimmer with the likes of Causeway and, uh, uh, and the Allocate deal that maybe there might yet be some more inflation in, in software deals in the mid and upper, upper mid-market. We'll see how that pans out, pans out over, the next, over the next few months. So that's it for, for this month. Uh, hope you enjoyed the show. We're taking a break in August and uh, we will be back with the CEO Barometer in September. But until then, uh, stay safe and have a good summer.